Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth anniversary of the All Cued Up podcast, your review show tied to streaming services like Amazon Prime, Netflix, HBO Max, etc., etc., etc. I'm your host, Greg Dietz, and with me always, as my co-host, through thick and thin, Maya Don Fisher. How have you been? Well, I am fantastic, and I look fantastic. I'm actually on camera, so go to YouTube for you audio listeners, and you can see how fantastic I look today. I'm feeling fabulous. Um, Uh, So, normally I'd sit there and say, how's your week been? But we have a hell of a show to get through. <laughs> so I've instead had an of awesome talking week. about, yeah, <laughs> I had an okay week. I mean, nothing, nothing to write home about. Um, what we're going to do today, everybody, is we're going to do a little reminiscing on the past uh, five years of the show, past year of the show, um, where our lives went from a year ago to today, uh, and then we're going to do a little bit of a of a top five of our favorite shows in the past year. Um, and, uh, after we're done with that, we're going to do our regular reviews of, uh, Rings of Power episode six, House of the Dragon episode seven, She-Hulk episode eight, and Andor episode five. So that's that. Um, so yeah, fucking five years. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. It really doesn't. No. What was, you know, it was, it was what a little unlike. Because it was about uh, it was about five years and two months ago, I was still doing the podcast with Anthony, and I had gotten back from uh, my first or my second trip to North Carolina, and I remember telling Michelle that I wanted to start a podcast where I review shows that are exclusively on Netflix, and um, and I couldn't figure out who I could do it with because I knew that Anthony didn't care enough, right? Yeah. And it wasn't until I was like, because I was pretty actively streaming uh, Jackbox on Half Empty. <clears throat> and Every Saturday always, night. You were always in the Discord chat. And whenever you were there on stream, we would just talk about the shows that we were watching. And I was like, I have great rapport with her. I'm going to ask her if she wants to be my co-host. And yeah. you were just like, you were just like, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised, uh, you know, uh, because I've heard people, people have told me, you you have a talent for telling stories, you're amusing, you can keep people entertained, you can keep people captivated, you should do a podcast. I'm like, people don't want to hear what I have to say. Apparently, I was wrong. Um, you know, there are people out there that tune in to hear what we have to say and you know i just want to say thank you i appreciate it you know one of the things that i've always kind of prided myself on when it comes to my reviews is uh i like to keep the concept that i and whoever i'm with are not professionals in the field that we're talking about so if I did a review, I wanted people to know, like, I'm not, I never went to college to write reviews or to talk about reviews or in the, anything in that, even in that remote vein. I don't work in the game industry. I don't work in the television or movie industry. These are observations and opinions based entirely on uh, 
me enjoying things. Yeah. Just like growing up watching movies and stuff. And um, that was another reason why I, I really wanted you as my co-host was because you were kind of in that same ballpark. You, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast. I can't stand bad reviews. And people go, what's a bad review? Like what counts as a bad review? And I go, when your review is tied to, if you're reviewing a movie, you want to review the acting, right? You want to mm-hmm. review the, how the story is being told, you know, things like that. And what always drives me batshit fucking crazy is when people judge something because of nostalgia or prior information that drives me nuts. Um, I mean, what even what irritates me even more is when people like have the most baseless fucking opinions on something because of a, a weird arbitrary thing. Like, Take She-Hulk, for example. We'll talk about that in a little while here. But um, if you say, I don't think the humor is landing for me, that's a, that's a valid opinion. If you say, um, I'm not the world's biggest fan of like comedy-based superhero things, that's a valid opinion. I think that the CGI is kind of not all the way there and, and it just is distracting. Valid fucking opinion. I don't like female superheroes. Not a valid opinion. That's a weird fucking arbitrary thing. Um, you never did that. Not one time in our conversations prior to us doing a podcast together. You have never really let your nostalgia or... I mean, you've never really had any preconceived, like, asinine thoughts, so there's that, but... Um, no, my worst habit is, if you know, I would usually casually say if I didn't like something, I was like, oh, I hated that. But I don't literally mean hate, it's just easier because, oh, it was just a bad habit I was in, and... I like to think that doing this has helped curb me from doing that so often. I still do it on occasion, and I don't mean to, and I try to stay self-conscious about that. But I think that's helped, you know, and it's like you said, we're just two normal people who wanted to talk about and review things and have had a wonderful time doing so. Yeah. Um it's uh I do love listening to podcasts where you know you got that you got the people that work in the industry and you get their opinion on things but there are a lot of podcasts that do kind of what we do yeah and and you know I find those to be just as entertaining uh, and I'm glad that we found an audience that does as well. It's interesting because, but also like, you know, you think back to five years where our lives were to where they are now. It's insane. Very different. I mean, when we, yeah, when we started this podcast, I was, I was working for the school district. I don't even know. I don't even think I was 
No, I wasn't working. No, I was working when we started. Yeah, yeah, I was working. You were. I, yeah. Um, but I don't think I was. I was definitely not doing DoorDash. No, no. No, you were working at the school still. Then you went to AMPM. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you and I, uh, you had a whole other leg when we started. I know, I know. Now I've got, well, I'm just going to back up and <laughs> why not since I'm on camera? Uh, there it it's is. a prosthetic. It's, it's just it's just a rod coming out of your leg. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a whole trip. Like I, I've talked to a few people about <clears> that. Like because you, you were you were. I think back then, like it wasn't super often, but it was often enough to be noticeable that you were canceling us recording because you were always feverish, and just feeling like absolute shit. And uh, we we had no idea what was going on. And then I remember I was it was like weeks, right? I hadn't heard from you. I the last I had heard from you is that you were calling an ambulance to go to the hospital because, like, your fever was was like over a hundred for like a while, and you were just like, I I can't. I mean, I feel like I'm gonna die. And uh, I was like, okay, yeah, get to the hospital. Let me know what's up later. And I didn't hear from you for like two and a half weeks. I want to say. No, no, it wasn't that long. I, I went into the hospital on a Thursday, and it was late Sunday night. <clears throat> it felt like a fucking week or a couple weeks. Like it was, I was legit stressed out about you for a hot minute there. <laughs> well, we didn't tell anybody. We kept it under wraps. You were one of the first people we told yeah. because we weren't sure if I was going to live. I mean, right. we really thought I was on death's door. Like I was looking under the mat for the fucking key to open it up. That's how right. close I was, <clears throat> and and yeah, it was all it was all about your timing. Like you waited an extra day, you probably would have been gone. Yeah, I would have, and they told me that if I had waited any longer. So, well, I'm I'm happy that you're still here and we're still doing this show because that's that's a hell of a life adjustment. And then and then Maya, you went. Well, I lost a foot. And I and I almost died, so I'm gonna do what I think is gonna be best for my happiness. <laughs> exactly, and that's where you get Maya. Yep. So, yeah, you had the most changes since we started doing this podcast. Oh, absolutely. You were still living next to the meth heads, uh, and then had to get the fuck out of there because didn't their house burn down or some shit? Yeah, they burned their house down. Uh, there was one place in between their place and ours. And the landlords, you know, he they owned their own place. But they were um, the guy mowed for the landlord. And then he felt sorry for them and let them move into the empty place. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, then they were that much closer to us. And no shit, it was a fucking Wednesday night. We were recording, and this was like 10.30 at night, Eastern Time. They knock on the fucking door, and they're like, uh, you got a keyboard and a mouse we can borrow? I was like, what? Well, you know, somebody gave us a computer, and we need a keyboard and a mouse to make it work. Go to Walmart. Like, you yeah, I was like, no, man. No, we don't. Just, 
Well, I can't get to Walmart until tomorrow. Okay, go without. That sounds like a Fuck you problem. Off. That is Jesus. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that was a that was a whole fucking whole thing, and then and then you guys moved, and you seem happier in that place, in the new place. Oh yeah, yeah. Heard, the only thing I too much. the only thing I miss about the old place was because we're in a we're in an apartment now. I don't hear the rain fall on the roof. And I love falling asleep to the sound of the rain. Yeah. New apartment. Can't hear the rain. Not heard it rain in two. Uh, well, I've heard it a few times, but not much in the two and a half years that we've been here. Um, really well insulated. Really well insulated. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Just uh, moving here. And going through what I went through, and then the death of a, a sudden unexpected death of a good friend, I said, you know what? I'm tired of hiding it. I'm tired of pretending to be somebody that I'm not. And we sat down with Madison and had a long conversation. And, you know, she was cool with everything. And... Before you know it, taking hormones, uh, you know, getting, uh, and then after taking hormones for almost a year, I started getting laser hair removal, uh, you know, still undergoing laser hair removal treatments and everything, but I've been on hormones for two years now. I've been doing laser hair removal for a year this past month. Um, I've been seeing the same therapist for a couple of years now, uh, came out publicly in September of 2020 and you know it's just uh i don't hide anything you know i i just live to my utmost happiest that i possibly can because we never know when we're going to punch out you know we're not guaranteed a tomorrow and i'm like i want to be able to hold my head up high and say fuck it i live my life the way i saw fit the way i felt i needed to and I'm happy yeah. about it. And I've never been happier. Yeah. yeah, I um it's funny too because right now like I'm essentially living for my parents. Um I've said this before on the podcast, I've I take care of them, make sure that they're doing okay. And uh there's a lot of frustrations that come from that. As you've heard me say thousands of times, Maya. And uh, I hope one day to hit that level of happiness. I really do. Because the thing that keeps me going right now is like this podcast and distractions. And I don't mean keep me going. I mean keep me like in a decent mood, you know? Yeah. Because uh, the stresses and frustrations that have been happening for the past, God, year, year and a half, two years, have been rough. And uh, I 
I appreciate that this podcast is still going forward. I'm, I appreciate that you want to still be here and do this with me because I can't promise that my mental health would be good if it weren't for doing this show. I, and I'm dead serious about that. There's, um, there's a lot that happens every day around here uh, that's upsetting enough to where if if I weren't having this outlet, I don't know where my life would be right now. So that's heavy and deep, but it's it's accurate, you know. It's you know, it's like it's like uh, you know, six weeks ago I started this new job and I, I just I just don't like it. Like not to mention like before that it was You know, my dad went into dialysis uh, last year on my birthday. My uncle uh, went and and took his own life, and before doing so, took the wife of or took the life of his wife, my aunt. Um, that was a rough situation, and then there was the whole thing with my other aunt, like passing away, like six months later. Uh my mom going into this whole, like, I can't leave the house sort of thing. Like she, she talked to her doctor yesterday and she's, and her doctor said that she needs to go in for a, um, a mammogram and, uh, some tests and like just mentioning it to me was freaking her out. We don't have a car. I don't know how the fuck we're doing this. Yeah. So that's a new stress I have to deal with. So waking up on Thursday mornings and being like, man, I get to fucking hop on the podcast and talk to Maya about these shows that we're enjoying. This is going to be great. Like, I look forward to this shit. Oh, yeah. So. Between that. Being here. That and, you know, our game nights, you know, D&D and video games. I mean. You know, I know it goes a long way. Uh, it goes a long way to helping me, too. You know, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that we've been doing this for as long as we've been doing this. And hopefully we can do it just as long in the future, if not longer. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? We don't. But yeah. I have no intention of stopping the podcast. Oh, no. <clears throat> And we make concessions for each other when it comes to scheduling and shit like that, because we both have things going on. So, exactly. Sometimes Thursdays are the only days that I can get my laser hair removal done because you know I have. Well, I get it done down there, too, right. and um, you know, in preparation for reassignment surgery, I'm going to get a vagina. What? It's like when you turn a sock inside out. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, but they got to do laser hair removal for down there. So there's only one tech that does it at the place that I go to. 
and she only works Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. So those are the only days that I have available to do that. Misty works Mondays and Tuesdays. So usually I have to go on Thursdays. Well, the positive the positive thing about that is um, after tomorrow's or not tomorrow next week's She Hulk, we can move the recording back to Wednesdays. That's true. That is true. Because um, that was that that's only that's the only reason we're recording Thursday mornings is because of fucking She Hulk. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, um, if you. Uh, if we're done reminiscing, we can go into our top five. Yeah, I yeah. I, was like, I don't know what else what we can say. Cause <clears> like, <throat> that's that's the thing for me. I remember talking to Michelle about wanting to do this podcast, and she says, do it. You never know what's going to happen. Like, nobody should ever tell you to not do something that you want to try. Um, and, and uh, you know, love Anthony. He's not the best at, at podcasting. I love Anthony. He's, he's still a good friend. Like I communicate with him from time to time, but he's not the best at podcasting. We we would see that from time to time whenever we would do something. I remember when we would do, um, like we would always talk about some big movie, right? And we were talking about uh, Last Jedi. And I remember because we were, we would do it on on Twitch at the same time that we would, um like do the podcast recordings and you were in chat and you and I had to, like, I had to bring you onto the fucking podcast because you and I had to basically tell him like, no, the movie tells you this, this, and this because you chose to not pay attention. That's nobody's fault, but yours. He's like, well, when, when did the movie say this? I was like in this scene, it tells you right here. And he was like, Oh, well, how did I miss that? Fuck. If I know, <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. And like it was like the post show of the uh Mission Start podcast and uh you were like, We're getting my end here. He's like, Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, we need to <clears throat> like that was that's been like for God, when did that movie come out? Four years ago? No, it was before we started recording this, right? Mm, let me look it up. Last Jedi release date. I know it was December. Yeah, I don't remember exactly when. Last Jedi came out in 2017. So we had only been doing the show for two months. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we had just started it. Yeah. Because we, like... we started the first week of October of 2017. And we were bi-weekly then. Uh, so we only published once every other Friday at that point. So we had only had two in October, two in November, one, maybe two, three. Yeah, because we did our seventh episode was rather it was Christmas week. Because that's yeah. when I took over the editing and everything because he couldn't do it that way. Oh, yes, yes, week. yes. That's right. That's right. Which was a blessing in disguise, really. Oh, yes. Big time. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, but, uh, I, I, I just remember us hopping on there and, and both of us were just like, Anthony, like, what the fuck are you talking about? I remember he hated, he didn't like that movie for the same reasons that the internet claimed they didn't like it. 
and it was always the same shit. I, the thing that always drove me nuts the most about people talking about that fucking movie was it's just convenient that they find another master code breaker. And I'm like, he wasn't a master fucking code breaker. <laughs> he was a con man and he saw two marks. Would they have to make two of the characters idiots? Oh my God. It's called character development. You heard of it? And we're not here to talk about fucking last Jedi and the dumb fans, but, um, uh, still drives me nuts anyway i just remember that because i knew i I remember thinking during that recording of that particular episode like i'm never gonna have an issue talking to maya about any of these shows like there have been shows we disagree on i mean probably 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 the biggest that stands out to me is is cobra kai um like both of us just didn't like oh sorry yeah both of us saw exactly the opposite from one another and uh um oh hey sorry oh uh but still even in that regard we would understand each other's opinions and takes we would respect each other there was a there was a cowboy show or an godless show godless yeah. the one with uh jeff daniels yeah <clears throat> Because I, I didn't enjoy it as much as you did. Oh, I loved it. And I didn't hate it, but it was like, I remember that I remember thinking during that recording, like, I know that if her and I ever disagree on any show ever, it's not going to be a problem. And it, it hasn't been. Like, I think uh, uh, a friend of ours said that we, what did she say? Or he say? White Becky? Basically, that, that we respect, respect each other's opinions enough to where we don't we don't get upset with each other ever. I think is what they were trying to say, but you know. Anyway, I'm just I'm just trying to place the reference. I don't remember what he said. I know I know what he meant. What he meant was that um, we try not to piss each other off. We try not to yeah. sit there and be like, your opinion's dumb. So instead of saying like, well, I just don't see what you see and getting upset, we're just like, well, I understand that. I just, you know, don't, uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as you. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why would you, like, I get that the internet loves anger, but we're not going to do that because we're mature. There's too much negativity out there as it is. And I only contribute to negativity on Twitter. <laughs> There's some negativity that I think is fine. Um, but it's like, you know, when I when I was doing my reviews for Mission Start's website, I, I think I have to told you this, that like I wanted I wanted to make sure that my reviews were more positive than negative. Like you can't mm-hmm. do a review without talking about anything that's like you can't just be like all positive. You have to talk about the downsides of something in a review. You have to. And I would either call them nitpicks, which I still do when we record, or I would call them um, like the few downsides. So when I'm writing a review, I would do two. I would do at least two paragraphs of positive and one paragraph of negative. For this show, 
it's not necessarily the same thing, but like if you enjoy a show more than I do, I try to let you talk more. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, uh, we we have definitely developed a very good cadence, and we know when to flow. We know when one person is cutting off. It's just like natural to us at this point, right? Speaking of, uh, why don't we go ahead and do our top fives? All right. Why don't you go with your fifth choice? So both Maya and I went through everything we had watched in the past year. And I remember Maya made her or sort of made her list before I did. And you were sitting there saying how difficult it was for you. And I was like, there's no way we watched that many good things this past year that it's going to be hard. Good Lord. I struggled. Like, I had at least 15 that I was like, any of these could be in my top five. Um, but I had to narrow it down. I had to narrow it down to what, like, what the, the, the thing meant to me and if I would watch it again, you know, because I, I don't have time to watch things again. So if I'm willing to put in the time to watch something again, you know how good it is. Um, I'll go ahead and preface this by saying all of these in my top five, I've watched at least three times all the way through. There you go. Um, <clears throat> uh, I don't think I've watched. I've, I maybe I've uh, I've watched two of these twice, and that's it. But I'd watch any of them again. Um, and if one of ours is on the other's list, don't say anything. Just just wait until like it's you in your list, and then we'll then you can talk about why you put it there. That makes sense. Sure. So like, if my number five is your number three, just yeah, don't say anything. Wait till three. Okay, so my number five is uh, The Sandman on Netflix. I loved this show from he to hell and back. Like, it was, pun intended, um, it was so fucking clever in how it told the story to the point that um, when Neil Gaiman sits there and tells the story of a singular character doing a singular thing, but you have this world that's existed for a long time around them. And you have these characters that just interact in this shared world. And you don't have dialogue that explains shit. You just have to kind of watch and get there, right? Love that yeah. stuff. Plus, the thing that the show did that was so clever was that it was philosophical without hammering you over the head with it. Like um, uh, the scene between Dream and Lucifer um, when they're they're doing their little combat. That was very philosophical, but it didn't feel philosophical because it was this cool sequence. So that's what I love about Sandman. It's what, like I, I want to read the comic really badly because of the show. And after watching the show and knowing that Neil Gaiman was like, there during the writing of the script during the filming of the show like he was a, a huge contributor to the, the 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 style of the show like i i had high high hopes and they were they were placed firmly in in that category it was just an, an amazing fucking show that i would happily watch again what's your number five sandman <laughs> I did not think it would land at five as well. That's that's funny. <clears throat> it just barely got bumped to five. It was almost going to be four, but one of them I like a little bit better. Um, 
but yeah, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed the Sandman, uh, and I can't wait for them to finally announce a season two any fucking day now. Come on, Netflix. It's been two fucking months. Yeah. The show was geniusly done. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. It's you run through the whole gamut of emotions. Uh, it's just, oh. That episode, uh, I think it's number five. It's the whole t- scene in the diner. Yeah. So I thought, it, fucking I thought that was I thought that was four. I don't remember. I just I think it was four because I think five was the climax between him and the David Tewis's character. Because the ten episodes in the season, it was like a five story, five episode story arc, and then went into the next five episode story arc. Uh, the way that I remember it is that he gets the <clears throat> amulet or whatever the fuck it was um, that could give him that power. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets that at the end of one episode, and then the next episode, the entire episode is the the diner, and the very end of it after he's like forced everybody to kill themselves or kill each other, that's when dream shows up and, and, and takes it from him and gets all that power and holds him in his hand. I can't remember. I need to rewatch it again because even though I have watched it a second time, it's like, I think there was more that went on in between there. Uh, and we've watched a lot of shit since. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just remember the sequence going in that order, and I remember the diner and the finale of that guy being one episode, but again, I could be wrong. I'm yeah. not taking that away. That's just how I remember it. It doesn't matter. The fucking, it, it doesn't matter how it plays out. The, the whole show is outstanding. Yeah, and Netflix, get on the ball. Greenlight season two. We wants it. People wants it. Look at yeah. Twitter. Every day you're seeing somebody renew Sandman season two, renew Sandman for season two, bring back Sandman. You see it every fucking day on Twitter. Right. Not that that matters too much because Twitter's a very small number of people, but they, like, even in that regard, the numbers that Sandman got are high. Yeah, and- very high. They even put them out and said it was one of the most watched things. On Netflix, I mean, it was the—I think it was the show that dethroned Stranger Things is the most watched thing on Netflix. Yeah, which so, is which is saying something, considering. Yeah, but all right. Well, what's your number four? This one, <clears throat> you know, it came out uh, a year ago last week. But we didn't review it until a year ago this week. So I felt because of that gray area, I was going to put this on my list. Midnight Mass. Okay. I fucking adored that show. That's the one you were talking about that you, yeah, you put on there because. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it released on September 24th of 2021, but our review of it didn't publish until October 4th of 2021. And since we're recording, oh, October 6th of 2022, I was like, yeah, it's good enough. Close enough. Hey, fudge it. I didn't even have that on my, when I was making my list, and never, I never even put it on there, so. Oh, adore that show so much. I, it's a new, it's it's 
the philosophical and religious overtones to this show were, you know, really well done. But I'm telling you, this is the coolest way I've ever seen a vampire done in a long, long time. Oh, yeah. Like, I get bored with classic monsters in classic ways. Like, we've seen it done so many times that when Mike Flanagan was like, oh, here you go. Yeah, I was like, yes. So, I understand why it made your top five. I again, I didn't think that it, I could, it was, it was within the year, so I didn't even write it down. Well, what do you have is your number four? Uh, the film starring Jonathan Majors, "The Harder They Fall." I fucking love that movie so much. I've watched it, I think, yeah, twice now. Once by myself for the podcast, and then once with my parents. Um, but it's the one Did with Idris Elba. Did we oh, watch yeah. that for this? Oh yeah. Was that the western? Yep. Oh okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It was right at a year ago too that we watched it. About yeah. Um, like that movie is so much fucking fun. Uh, it's just and it's an over the top kind of western too. Like it's. Um, I don't remember how I was going to say that, but it's, it's when I say over the top, what I mean is that when somebody gets shot in the chest, they fly back hella far. Like that wouldn't be a real thing in real life, but yeah. Yeah. It's like some real from dusk till dawn type shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, to me, that's what makes it so much just so entertaining. So, so much, so much fun. Um, Sure, the story is is like I could understand somebody saying the story is uh, not unimpressive, but uh, it's not like super original. You know, it's two gangs coming at each other because of a mutual interest, and but it's got like it's got Idris Elba, it's got fucking Jonathan Majors, it's got Zazie Beats, it's got. Um, um, Oh, I can't think of the guy's name. The the one of the sharpshooters. The fuck's his name? I have his face in my head. Oh my god, the cast is insane. The cast yeah. is fucking insane. Um, but it's also like like I said, it's just a fun time. Like you just, it, I don't know how you couldn't enjoy this movie. Like honestly, because it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's meant to just be you know a fun action film. Plus. Plus, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm woke, but I love that it's an entirely black cast. Yeah, yeah, that makes it so much, you know, better in my opinion. But yeah, that's why it was my number four. Um, right. Well, my number three is a film that we watched actually relatively recently, but um, I'd love to watch it again if somebody ever wanted to watch it with me. Like if they were like, "Hey, I haven't seen this movie yet. Let's let's put it on." Um, and that movie is Prey. Ooh. yeah that almost made my top five yeah it's no it's uh, like if you haven't had a chance to watch that movie yet please do it's it's free like you don't have to have a a hulu subscription sure you have to have an account but you don't have to have a subscription to watch it um and it's still available right now to watch for free you just have to watch like i think what, three minutes of, three minutes of commercials before it starts three minutes okay yeah so like 
And I'd love to watch go pop some popcorn, go to the bathroom, grab a drink, come back, get your pop, get your popcorn, sit down, and boom, you're through the fucking previews. And I would love to watch that movie in the theater too. Like that would be an amazing experience. I know I can't, but or did it come out in theaters too? I think it did. No, I think it was streaming exclusively. Okay. Oh, you know, it'd be fun in the theater, but it's a fucking great movie regardless. Like, probably the best Predator movie since the first one. Genuinely. Oh, absolutely. So Better than the first one in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Stylistically, I'm not saying that the script is any better or not. Because they're essentially... They mirror each other very well. Um and the beats of what happens when uh and this one pays homage to the original uh there's callbacks to both the first and the second one yeah but there are things that this one does stylistically that the first one just can't touch yeah i mean a lot of that has to do with the the with the the advance of technology and but also like you know you want to highlight you know Comanche hunting skills. You know mm-hmm. you want to you want to highlight how Native Americans, specifically the Comanche, lived in the what is it 1700s? No. Uh, yeah, I think it was 1792 or somewhere in there. Yeah, it was something like that. But um, I remember also playing. I play a, a lot of Fall Guys, as I'm sure a lot of you know. And one of the guys we play with, he goes, "You know what would have been really cool is if that like." I really like the movie, but it would have been really cool if, like, you could watch the whole thing and everyone was speaking Comanche. <laughs> I was like, well, about that. <laughs> There's the Comanche cut. <clears throat> uh, what's your number three? The Boys season three. That was in my top ten, yeah. Did it? Oh, well, I'm not going to ask. I love The Boys season three. Uh Bloody, violent, bloody, gory, you know. Also satirical and hilarious. Satirical and hilarious. And, you know, just enough, just enough use of the word cunt from uh, Carl Urban to be satisfying. Uh, Oi, cunt. (laughs) Uh, No, the, the overarching story of homelanders you know he's mad he has descended into madness and now you see him like he's going to do whatever it takes for him to maintain his power that he has amassed and oh my goodness just the story of of this season was incredible loved it so so much yeah i uh i still follow the uh vot twitter account because they will um they will still like make satirical shit on like out of season. Um, their currently pinned tweet is the one that makes fun of uh, of uh, HBO Max and, and Discovery's bullshit. Oh, yeah, it says uh, it's something along the lines of like uh, Vot TV. Hold, let me find it. It's really fucking funny. It, this will take me two seconds because, like I said, it's their pinned tweet. B o u g h t. I don't think that's I spelled that right. B o u g h t. Sorry, I came up with John Voigt. I was like, that's not, not what I want at all. 
Yeah, it says uh, Vought is bringing your streaming together in one place. Fairly, fairly easy to use. <laughs> fairly easy to use. Uh, Vought TV Plus, Vought, or sorry, VTV Plus, VNN Plus, and VSN Plus are now all part of Vought Plus Plus. But the one that made the part that makes fun of HBO Max and the and the Discovery mergers, the one at the bottom here, says rewatch Dawn of the Seven with the guys and dive into property flippers with the gals. Which I told you about that, right? Yes. That yeah. So, but they even recently posted like a fake Japanese uh, uh, sushi commercial with the dive or the deep. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, they, they do this shit all the fucking time and it's it's always fucking funny. Like making fun of the this season started off with making fun of the uh Snyder Cut bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely did. So I understand why it made your top top five. I totally get it. Wonderful uh, show. Yeah. Where's my list? I just lost. There we go. Uh, what's your number two? This is where I struggled. <laughs> this is where I struggled. Which one did I enjoy more? Because I love both. I had to go with Stranger Things Season 4. Interesting. Okay. So you know what my number one's going to be. I think I do. <laughs> Yeah, Stranger Things Season 4 is just, this show has continued to evolve and get better and better each season as it goes along. And I think this season they just are, they're at their, you know, I don't see how they can surpass it. But I say that each time. Um, Hopefully we don't have to wait three years for the next one. No, but, I think the uh, the the Duffer brothers definitely said that season five is like being worked on right now. Yeah, that, yeah, they're actually in the writing room and writing the season out. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's definitely not going to take that long. That it took that season four took that long because of the pandemic, but oh yeah, primarily. Which it was funny primarily. they talked about in some interview that they had to like um, change the script before because the kids had grown up a bit. <laughs> yeah. They had to like adjust it because they're like, well, we can't do what we wanted to do. Which I'm curious what they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know I saw a tweet from the their Twitter uh account for the writers originally in season two. Uh Will, when he was possessed, was gonna be the one that killed Bob instead of the uh demodogs. Oh yeah, okay. That makes sense, considering he was in the upside down. Um, but yeah, I, I loved everything about season four. I thought it was just incredibly well done, wonderfully well acted. My only real critique of the show <clears throat> is 
it's kind of like the main characters have plot armor and new characters that get introduced are doomed. Um, I want to see one of the OGs go down. Don't know who, but it can't be Will because everybody would be like, oh, they picked on Will the entire series. You know, it's got to be somebody different. I have a feeling that I see it's going to be brutal. <clears throat> I'm hoping so. Uh, I want a tragic, bittersweet ending to it all. Yeah. Uh, I want my heartstrings tugged, pulled, ripped out, stomped on, pissed on, and set on fire. Good Lord. That's what I want. <laughs> I'm not but, in disagreement with you on that. It's... Uh... Just uh, it's a lot to say out loud. It is, it is, <laughs> but I mean it. But yeah, that wasn't. You know, I'm not saying it's. It didn't make my number one because it wasn't my favorite. That's not to say that I don't love it. I love all these things on this list, and yeah, everything, everything on <clears> both <throat> our top fives are A pluses, straight up. Yes, yes, straight up A pluses throughout. Um. It's just my actual favorite is a favorite because of something completely different. But Greg, what was your number two? Uh, my number two is it's it's my number two because, and I'll get to it in a minute. It sparked my interest to get back into role playing after such a garbage experience, and that's the Legend of Vox Machina. It was such a fun fucking animated show. It was hilarious that I got back into, or not got back into, I started listening to Critical Role, which is a D&D podcast or D&D show that they do every Thursday. They're actually doing the new episode tonight. And uh, um, while I was door dashing, I'm sitting there listening to it, and I'm just like, man, this is making me want to play. This is making me want to play. And because I got my friends listening to that, I caught like they were starting to wanting to play, and I was like, "So Maya and Maya was just like, yes, uh, fuck, I'll I will DM that shit. I don't care." Yeah, especially after the last experience left such a sour sour taste in our mouths uh, of how that went down. Unfortunately, you know, I'm still I'm still sad about that. You know, it sucks. It does suck. I mean, I will say this much: that when we started playing D and D again to hear it recently. I'm glad that my friends that we play with right now had kind of a garbage experience. And the only reason I'm glad is because I need I needed them to see what that was like. So, but, you know, like I've watched Legend of Vox Machina twice. Um, I've listened to so many different D&D podcasts now because of it. And, and I'm like... I'm just having a blast with D&D right now. This last session we had on Tuesday was a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. Like, it was really funny because Andy thought I was complaining that we had so many uh, combat encounters. And I was like, no, 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 no. I wasn't complaining. Like, that shit was fun. My my concern was I had no no uh, spell slots left. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Um like hoping to get that long rest before the next combat encounter, but you were like, "No, here we go." I was like, "Fuck." Um, 
But yeah, what makes also the Legend of Fox Machida so much fun is that to know that it was based off of an entire campaign that people had already played, you know, that the critical yeah. role people had played and they just condensed it down into an animated series. And it was so fucking cool to see that. To know that like half of the shit that happened in that show was done based on dice rolls and luck. Yeah. And I'm like, so fucking smart. Oh, God, it was great. But uh, but yeah, so um, how do we want to do number ones? I'll let you go ahead and say what yours is, and then I'll go with mine. Okay. Mine was a film that was exclusive to Netflix that came out earlier this year. <clears throat> um, and there are parts of this movie that stick with me today. There are parts of this movie that I see still happening in real life. Don't look up. Don't look up is my number one. Oh, well. I, dude, I, this movie was so important. It wasn't just entertaining. It was important. You know, um, it, it's, it's, it was a necessary film to come out because there's, there's a couple of reasons behind it. So first off, it helps us as people who understand climate change and the, and the dangerous like positioning that we are in as, as, as humans that we're killing our planet. And the scientists come out all the time and say, hey, we're killing our planet and nobody wants to fucking listen. And to see that be done in a way on film that helps vindicate us was so fucking nice and refreshing. Um, and I've suggested this movie to everybody. Like, I'm like, it's not only smart, it's also really fucking funny. And... Uh, um. That's why it kind of made my number one, because it is, it's integral to our life today. It's important to our life today. You could sit there and argue, oh, so was uh, Idiocracy. Not, not really. Most people didn't see Idiocracy until it was out of theaters. And Hell, I'm still not seeing Idiocracy. Oh, really? I thought No, <clears throat> never seen it. It's really funny. Honestly, I think you'd enjoy it. Um, but the reason I bring that up is because, like, right after, right the fuck after um, Don't Look Up had come out, uh, there was a scientist on a, a morning show in the UK talking about how dangerous it is that we're doing nothing about climate change. And the host literally like asks them about what they're wearing. Like almost completely ignores it. And it was like it if like it was exactly that scene from the movie. I was like, holy shit. So yeah, I just that that movie is is fucking fantastic. I think we both gave it an A plus. I'm not sure, but I I think so. I think so. Um I obviously went with series over movies because of just I think there's more entertainment value for my time in these and I get more more out of them but I'm glad that you were able to actually have several movies on your list that you know you enjoyed that much <clears throat> I think the reason that there was on my list versus series is because um there's the no way that factor I, yeah time factor 100% I was like I could watch these again so but I do love them. 
Like, and again, I want to make it clear to the audience, this list was not easy. Like everything that's been on Maya's list so far, I have also loved and was in my top 10. Or my top 15, one or two. Anyway, so what's your number one? Season two of The Witcher. I knew that was going to be on there. I fucking knew it. I was like, I was like, I was like she put The Witcher on her list. <laughs> I fucking adore that show so fucking much. Season three wrapped up filming last week. Uh, and they said it'll be out hopefully this time next year or next summer. They actually said a couple in a Netflix thing that Tadum whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. They the, about a week and a half ago they said it'll be out in the summer of next year. So they're working on the post production of the show now. But season one was based off of the first book. Uh, actually. One episode was based off of one short story in the first book called The Last Wish. Um, <clears throat> but season one was setting everything up and getting Geralt and Cirilla and Yennefer together. Season two was like, now that they're together, what happens? And oh my God, the emotional roller coaster that this season took us on. I just loved it from start to finish. And you see these moments of growth. Uh, you see these moments of character development. Uh, you see these horrible things happen. And yes, they deviate tremendously from the book uh, with the death of a major Witcher character uh, in the second fucking episode which was mind-blowing to me, but the season didn't suffer for it. If anything, it just added weight to the things that Geralt has to go through, and it just makes things that much more um, impactful for him. It's just, I really adore season two. Uh, in fact, I actually started rewatching season one last night uh, to fall asleep too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I know that CD Projekt Red just announced that um, they're working on a, uh, another Witcher game. So, yeah, yeah, uh, they announced that a few months back, and of course, it's going to be completely. Pretty sure it's going to focus on a new Witcher entirely. Oh, not uh, Geralt. Okay. I mean, honestly, after playing the third one. I don't think there's anything left of Geralt's story to tell in video game form. Okay. I have never played, I never finished three by any stretch of the imagination. I played it for a bit, but I never, never got too into it. So, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. Well, there you go, everybody. Um, 10 shows and movies that I can't believe our lists are that fucking different. That's, well, I guess Sandman's uh, the only one. So nine total. Yeah, yeah, Sandman was the only one that we had to like. Yeah. Because you had, we both had Sandman, and you had what, three movies, and what was your other show? Legend of Vox Machina. So mine That's was, right. uh, mine was Hard mm. Fall, Prey, Legend of Vox Machina, Don't Look Up. Those are my top four. And mine was Sandman, Midnight Mass, The Boys Season 3, Stranger Things Season 4, and The Witcher Season 2. I think that's the most widely varying our list has ever been for yeah. a year-end list. 
Uh, what's funny is that all of everything that you had was in my like final grouping. And I just had to start eliminating them because I was like, I started thinking from the one perspective. Yeah. Do I have time to watch this again? So that's funny. Uh, now that we're done with uh, the reminiscing and the top five list, let's get into our reviews. Uh, first off is going to be Rings of Power Episode 6 on Amazon Prime. Yeah, you know that, yeah. Got that synopsis for me? I do, I do. And sorry, uh, video watchers, I turned my camera off momentarily because, well, I don't need you seeing down my boobies when I'm leaning forward to the screen looking, uh, uh, reading the synopsis. Um. So, yeah, there's that. DM me later, we'll talk. Uh, no. <laughs> so, this title, this episode was titled Udun. Uh, synopsis is Adar and the Orc Army find the Watchtower base abandoned. While they search the grounds, Arondir destroys the tower, causing it to collapse onto the Orc Army. The townspeople who move down into the valley to another village cheer as they prepare for their next assault. Arondir hides the broken blade, professes his love to Bronwyn, and promises a life together after the battle. The battle begins, and while the villagers appear victorious, many of the enemy they killed were actually the traitorous townspeople disguised as orcs. <clears throat> the rest of the orc army attacks from the shadows, killing many and severely wounding Bronwyn. As more villagers die, Theo reveals the location of the broken blade to Adar to save Bronwyn. After journeying across the sea, the Numenarian army approaches to slay or capture the remaining orcs. Adar gives Waldrick a task before attempting to escape, only to be captured by Galadriel and Halbrand. They interrogate him, discovering his origins as one of the Morondir, uh, Moriandor, or Uruks, elves corrupted by Morgoth. He taunts them, feigning memory of killing Halbrand's Southlander family and claiming to have killed Sauron. As Halbrand is hailed as the king of the Southlands, Theo realizes the broken blade they recovered was a decoy, while the true blade had been carried back to the watchtower by Waldrick. He plants it into a mechanism, causing a nearby dam to open. Water rushes through the orc tunnels towards Orodrin, a Rodruin, a Rodruin, a Rodruin, yeah, and clashes with magma, resulting in uh, a magmatic eruption in a pyroclastic cloud that approaches the village. It's essentially the creation of Mount Fucking Doom. Yep. And this episode was awesome. Yeah, it was like. If any of the past episodes were like a little boring and you're like, man, I wish the show would get a little bit quicker, a little bit better. Like, there you go. Here you fucking go. Everything about this episode was outstanding. Yeah. There wasn't a dull minute, a dull moment at all. No, it's, it's, uh, I hate that the episode ended with that pyroclastic flow. Like, we don't know who's going to survive. We don't know what's going to happen next with anybody. And like, I know that's the intention. We got to wait. We got to wait till like, I'm recording this the day before the new episode comes out and it's killing me. Yep. I can watch it first thing in the morning though. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can. First thing in the morning. I can. I got to wait till after work. I'm sorry. 
you should be. No, this episode, like, the one of the best parts of the episode was, like, the ebb and flow of win loss, win loss, win loss. Um, because they they had an amazing fucking like beginning with the 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 tower getting destroyed and killing like a lot of the orcs and and that that orc army didn't even know what was happening and then and then they were like but we have the upper hand down in this village and they did that did laugh really hard at the one dude that, that was over by the cart and just gets his fucking throat cut out because he's standing too close <laughs> yeah shit actually made me laugh i was like well move what are you doing <laughs> but um and then and then and then after that they like recognized that they're fighting their own i was like oh no yeah so it was not a not a dull moment this episode no not at all and just when it ended with the volcanic eruption and the shockwave and the magma, you know, flowing towards the villagers. And it goes to the black screen and the credits. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I wanted more. Damn it. Oh, it was awesome. It was so fucking awesome. I also like the, uh, the dynamic between Galadriel and Halbrand and how they each had to stop, to stop the other from killing Adar. Yep. I like the uh, the line. Um, oh, what is it? How does it go? It's uh, oh, she says it to him before he kills Ad- Adar, or tries to kill Adar, and then he repeats it back to her when she's about to kill him. Well, he he said it. He said it to her originally. That's why she said it to him, like in an earlier episode. I don't remember what the line was, but I remember uh. the callback. Yes. It's 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 a sailor line. Fuck me. Yeah, it was just it was good. It was just it was really fucking fucking well structured. And then um Sailor knows when to flee the storm or, or flee before the storm or something like that. No, well, was it that? No. Because it had to do with revenge. I can't remember. God, it was just good. I yeah, it doesn't matter. It was it was, it was a damn good line. Yeah, it was a really good line. And then like it, and there's so and that's the thing about this episode though. This episode is so good because we had so much build up to it in the last five episodes. And we only have what two more episodes of the show? There's only yeah. eight total, right? Yeah. Yep. Eight total. There which is more episodes. Yeah, which is funny because next week we have the finale of She Hulk. And then the following episode we're in the finale of Rings of Power. And then I believe the following episode will have the finale of uh um House of the Dragon. Yeah, we got three more weeks of House of the Dragon. Two more weeks of one more week of She-Hulk, uh, two more weeks of the Rings of Power, and three more weeks of House of the Dragon. Yeah. And eight more weeks, or no, seven no, more weeks of Andor. Seven. Yep. We'll figure out, we're going to figure out what we're doing with like the empty space after these three shows are over. But uh, let's go ahead and give our final thoughts on uh, Rings of Power. You go first. Uh, this episode gets an A fucking plus. The action was on point. The twist uh, that the village people didn't see coming, and then they start getting slaughtered after they thought they had the upper hand on the orcs. I mean, the, the is well structured, well done, beautifully shot. Uh, 
you know, of course, I thought that the, the Numenarians riding in at the last minute to make that save was a little on the nose, but but it did not detract at all from the episode. It was uh, wonderfully well done. I mirror your grade 100 um, percent and most of your sentiment. I will argue this about the Numenarians coming in like they did. My only disagreement with you in regards to that is they wanted you to have a false sense of security because the Numenorians had come in. They wanted the audience to be like, oh, they're saved. That's good. Because they, because they had something even worse around the corner. And, and none of us were expecting it. If you watching the show go, yeah, I saw that coming. I'll say liar. Absolute liar. There's no way you saw that coming. They showed you absolutely fucking nothing in regards to that making sense until the boy had opened up the fucking cloth and saw an axe. And then you Mm -hmm. went, oh, fuck. And your brain went, oh, all of that makes sense. All of that tracks how that worked out. We just didn't see it on screen. Brilliant, absolutely fucking brilliant. Just well, well structured. Like, like you're not wrong. You're not. You're 100 correct in that it was 100 on the nose. But I think that was entirely intentional, which is really oh, yeah. smart. Really smart filmmaking. Um, but yeah, a plus. It's oh, such a good episode. I cannot wait for tomorrow. It's gonna be great. <clears throat> I need to know who lives and who dies. We know that Gladriel lives because, and uh, what's his ass lives. Um, because they have history later. Um, Silder. Does a Silder live too? He has to. He I was thinking. To. I was thinking the one that tries to throw the ring into Mount Doom but fails, and that's a Silder. No. The Silder was the one who cut the ring from Sauron's hand. And was supposed to cast it into Mount Doom with. Why am I thinking of a different name then? I don't know. Huh? That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's the guy that I'm thinking of. He has to live because he has history later. But I argue this: like that was my biggest complaint about the Obi Wan show is that they had too many characters who we knew don't don't like don't die, or don't you know like they their their history they have history later we know what happens to them, um, and with this prequel show. We we know who who lives, and it's two characters, <laughs> but we have a lot of other important characters. So any of them could die at any fucking moment, and it's great. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to House of the Dragon, our oh, other fantasy based show. One one more thing, I was watching a video. This uh, somebody who has a theory about the Meteor Man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's pretty clear that he is uh, Mayor, Mayor, which is what the wizards are. Right. It's also what Balrogs are. They think that he might be a Balrog. <clears throat> I feel like that's not what they're leading to. But it would be gr- a great twist if they were. That's but, like, wow, man, that would be a weird twist. I don't know that I like that. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. 
Oh, I know. Just let us know in the comments what you guys think if you have any theories about who the Meteor Man is. I'd like to know who that group is that's trying to find him. Is yeah, that them too? Because we didn't get any of that this episode. Mm -mm. Like we stuck with the 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 humans and the Numenorians the whole episode in that one location. So, which is apparently right fucking next to where Mount Doom is. Um, yep, we're we're seeing the creation of Mordor unfold before us. That's awesome. So cool. Again, I want to make it clear to people watching the show. Do not come at us with well in the books. Doesn't matter. This is a sequel to the movies or prequel to the movies, not the fucking books. Yes, were the movies based off the books? Sure, but much like uh, Watchmen, um, which is a, which that show was a prequel or uh, a sequel to the to the comic, not the movie. Yeah. So keep that in mind watching this show. But let's go ahead and move on to House of the Dragon. Uh, yeah, this episode was titled Driftmark. It opens up with a funeral. We see King Viserys and his court attend Lady Lena's funeral in Driftmark. Rhaenyra and Damon reunite and are physically intimate. They fuck. Like she wanted to when she was 15. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. We finally got our incest. It's Game of Thrones, baby. Yep. <clears throat> Uh, Prince Aemon claims Vagar as his dragon, leading to an altercation with his cousins and nephews in which Lucerys slashes Aemon's eye with a knife. Viserys denies Queen Alicent's demand that Lucerys' eye be gouged out as retribution. When Alicent attempts to attack Lucerys, Rhaenyra blocks her and Alicent stabs Rhaenyra's arm in a struggle with Viserys' uh, Valerian steel dagger. After claims that Rhaenyra's children are bastards, Viserys decrees that anyone questioning their legitimacy will be silenced. Reinstated as Hand of the King, Otto Hightower tells Alicent they will soon prevail. Rhaenyra and Daemon unite against Alicent and her supporters. Sir Carl Corey appears to murder Lenor with Princess Rhaenyra, or with Princess Rhaenys and Lord Corlys believing that the found charred body is their son's. Meanwhile, Damon and Rhaenyra are privately married in the old Valerian tradition to continue the pure Targaryen bloodline, and following his fake death, Lenor, with his head shaved, secretly flees Driftmark with Sir Carl. So, yeah, that... This episode was awesome. Like This episode was awesome, too, yes. It was like, I think my dad, my dad said it best when we finished the episode. He just goes, man, a lot happened this episode. It's like, uh-huh. It sure as fuck did. And that's the thing. There's a lot that's happened in every episode, but it just seems like a whole hell of a lot happened this time. Yeah. Well, that's and that's the other thing about this episode that is um, I, important to keep in mind when it comes to uh, like where we are in the show. Um, tensions are building. And building. Oh, and building, yes, and building. they are. And so the later that we get into this series, it seems like it's going to get worse and worse and worse and better for us. Um, uh, like, I want to make it clear. If you've never watched Game of Thrones and you're thinking to get into Joust the Dragon, go ahead. It's totally fine. You don't have to know jack shit about Game of Thrones to know or to watch this show. I do want to warn you, though. Don't get attached to anybody. <laughs> Because anybody could be up on the chopping block at any point. 
Speaking of chopping blocks, I swear Viserys looks more and more like he's seen a chopping block every episode. <laughs> yeah, they're making. Uh, he's look. looking like Deadpool's anus in this episode. Yeah, it was, it's pretty rough right now for him. Um, but one thing I did want to bring up is when they're having Lena's funeral at the beginning of the episode, and her uncle is delivering the eulogy. That was some cold-blooded shit he was saying that was directed at Rhaenyra. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was... <sighs> rough. Fucking rough. But, yeah, uh, this episode was fantastic. It was... It was just... I love the fact that... You know, you, you think uh, Aegon, the the oldest son of uh, Viserys and Alicent, you, you think that he's the one with a real attitude problem. But Aemon's just coming out of nowhere being a fucking little punk ass. <laughs> yeah. Going and, you know, claiming the dragon and then losing his eye. And he's like, you know what? The trade was worth it. I've got a dragon now. You know what's funny about him being a little punk ass is that, like, was he a punk ass before his uh, cousins were fucking with him in the pig situation, or was that after? Like, did he just, was he always like, or no, I'm sorry, did he gain that kind of attitude because of them? I don't know. So. Still don't know. It's hard to say. But, uh, yeah, I um, I I can't wait to like. I know that next week we're gonna have another funeral because <laughs> start this episode on a funeral again. Two burnt bodies, for being specific. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, because here's the thing about Game of Thrones: we know that in the show, because let's go by the same attitude that this show is a, is a prequel to the other show and not the books. You know, like, yes, is it based off of? George R. R. Martin's like House of the Dragon series, yes. Um, partially. But you know, is it does it feel more like a prequel to the show? Yes. So let's go off of th that idea. Um and I lost my train of thought. What was I gonna say? Oh, uh we know that the, the, the Targaryens don't lose their, their, their royalty position until the Mad King, right? Yeah. They stay in power. And I think that's what interests me this show so much is that in Game of Thrones, we were watching... We were watching people fight for the Iron Throne. That's not as much the case this show. Like, people are power-grabbing for sure, but in such a unique and different way than Game of Thrones. That I just, I, like, I'm super fucking compelled to see what happens next. Uh, and I'm also really happy the show is coming to its own. That it's, that you don't have to know Game of Thrones to watch it. Scale of, holy shit, she's really losing her grip. Um the turnaround in Allison's character from the first episode to now, it's like she goes from a very likable character to someone you strongly dislike. 
this is this is kind of and that's and that's you know par for the course in the show there are characters in the original series that you absolutely started out loving end up hating and vice versa yeah or you know they take you on um a roller coaster of like and dislike uh, you know, start out disliking them, then you really like them, then you dislike them for choices they make, then you like them again because they redeem themselves, and then they ultimately shit the fucking bed because what the fuck, Jamie Lannister? How do you do that? But that's you know, I think that's what makes Game of Thrones, both this and House of the Dragon, both the original House of the Dragon, so much inter- so so entertaining, was that every single character turned into that archetype of. I can see myself doing, you know, making that choice. I can see myself making the the that that dumb error, you know. And um, you're seeing a lot of that with this show, and that's what, I think that's what makes it so fucking much fun. Like, we know that Renera and Damien are, or Damon are trying to. They're gonna. They they want the Iron Throne, right? They want to seize that after the, after Renair's dad dies, which can't be much longer. <laughs> like you said, it looks like uh, fucking Deadpool's butthole. Um, yeah, maybe a little so, slimier. Ew. I don't know, man. Like I fucking, I'm really impressed with this show. Like, I know that you and I went into it with this attitude of like it's hard to entirely trust game of Thrones, but we're going to give it a shot because we know that it's not the same showrunners. It's not the same writers. And I'm fucking, I'm, I'm in it. I'm loving it. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I was going to ask, do you want to give it a grade? Do you want me to, or I'll go first. I'll just, Hey, it's, it's this, this episode gets an A plus. Like, it's just, it's so much like, it makes me like if a show that has a lot of talking, and like, there's two characters, and I know who they are, and I don't have to look at the screen. I can look at my phone. I'll do that. This show barely like makes me do that. Like ninety percent of the ninety eight percent of the show, I'm fucking in. So, like, well done. Keep my keep my attention enough for me to not kind of like, I wonder what's on Twitter for like a second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Plus, absolutely. Go ahead. I, I want to commend them on the CGI for the dragons. Like, looks fucking stellar. Yeah, the wyverns look great this time. Um, okay, you can say wyvern, but uh, uh, I, I don't know. I was just the, the the main dragon that was in this episode is definitely a dragon. Well, anyway, how is it not? A, hold on, how is it not a dragon? No, no, that that's the thing in in mythology, especially European mythology. Uh, dragons and wyverns were confused a lot. A wyvern has two hind legs, and their forelegs are connected to their wings. But they also have a barbed tail that's poisonous. Uh, dragons' wings are separate. Ah. Come here, you bastard. Yeah, this... Dragons' wings are separate. Oh. Uh, from their from their legs, the wings so the, are, the the wings aren't connected to the forelegs in a in a traditional dragon. They have a, essentially another set of arms that are their wings, as you can see. Okay, I got what you're saying. 
Well, yeah. But, you know, uh, European mythology is hit and miss on that, and there's no definitive. But, you know, I say dragons uh, have four legs and a pair of wings. Versus... Well, you, know what it, you know what it looks like to me that they got their inspiration from for this this particular dragon's like wings and flight pat or flight the way he flies and whatnot? A bat. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. But um, anyway, your your review. Oh, it's it's, it's an A plus, A plus, absolutely. From the opening uh, eulogy uh, with the cold blooded shit that uh, Lanor's uncle was dropping onto Rhaenyra and her kids uh, to you know the icky incest moment uh to the secret wedding of damon and renera uh to just the dragon scenes themselves were really cool the fight between the kids and then the just luceris just saying you know what fuck your eye uh Aymond. fuck your eye you know, that was it was just a fun fucking wow holy shit that just happened episode I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm looking forward to Sunday night's episode. Yeah, same here. All right, well let's uh let's hop on over to Andor episode five. Yeah, this one is titled "The Axe Forgets" uh, on Aldani, uh, Cassian as Clem uh, hides his past from his fellow rebels, distrust from most of them, particularly Arvel Skeen. Uh, Taramin Barcona trains Cassian and the other rebels for the planned heist. While traveling to the Aldani Imperial garrison, Cassian reveals that he is a mercenary. He is getting paid for the job, and that's why he's there. Team leader Vell decides to continue with the mission and hold off dealing with Clem's past until they've achieved their objectives. Meanwhile, the Imperial officer and rebel double agent... Rebel double agent? What? Oh, sorry. Yeah, the Imperial officer and rebel double agent Lieutenant Gorn covertly aids Vale's team from the garrison. On Coruscant, uh, Aidy Karn uh, emasculates her son Cyril as he explores new career prospects. Mon Mothma also establishes a new charitable foundation while managing increasingly tense relations with her husband and daughter. Elsewhere, ISB supervisor Blevin acquires a hotel as the new ISB headquarters on Ferrix. Meanwhile, his rival Miro and her assistant Hirt reach the conclusion that the rebels are conducting a series of coordinated heists of Imperial weapons and technology. Rail anxiously waits for a transmission from Cassian's rebel team. Rail, oh, that's, uh, that's Stellan Starsguard's character. It's his first name. Uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff happening in this episode for a 35 minute episode. Yeah, it was a lot shorter. I was I was not expecting that. Like I think my dad and I started at like I want to say 4 p.m. and my mom comes down at 4 30. She's like, What are you guys watching? I said, uh, the new Star Wars show Andor, and she's like, Oh, okay, because she doesn't like Star Wars. And I said it'll be over in like 15, 20 minutes. It was over in five. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, there was a this episode was mostly set up. You know, like 
it's absolutely set up. This episode is a there's this this show is a slow fucking burn. It's like yeah, you, those long fucking matches that you used to light fireplaces with and shit. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen them? They're mm-hmm. like foot long matches. Oh yeah, struck it. And it's going to take a while for that motherfucker to burn down. Yeah. My analogy would have been a, a long-wicked firework, but we can use that one too. Um, I used long-wicked firework because, like, you're like, oh, I want to watch this firework. It's going to be amazing when it finally goes off, but you have to wait, like, a solid 30 seconds for the fucking wick to go down. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, this episode is going to be fucking worth it. I'm not saying this episode was bad. Um, it was no, actually it was great. a really good episode. Yeah, it was, it's great. But next episode is going to be fucking wild. Um, and we all know that Cyril is uh, because, like, I I was thinking back to um, uh, Rogue One, right? And because I'm pretty fucking sure I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a one season, one and done situation. Um, More than likely. Because if you think about to Rogue One, when they meet Andor for the first time, he's already wanted. The fucking Empire knows who he is. At least that's what I remember him saying. But, but yeah, I uh, this episode was tense. Like, I'm worried for like we know because here's the thing: there's there's two characters this entire show that we know the fate of. That's Andor and Mon Mothma. Exactly. So everybody everybody else? else. No idea. And I'm I'm fucking this troop that fucking Andor's a part of. Love, fucking love. It's like this weird ragtag group of guys and I, like characters. I just I love it so much. And then Cyril. I'm glad that we're sticking with him. And I know what he's gonna do. He's gonna eventually get like figure out how a way to give the Empire that thing of of Cassian Andor in some way. So I, oh man, show's incredible. So I would give this episode a solid A. Um, you know, it's 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 tense. It's building up. You can feel the build up, just like in anticipation of what's going to happen. That payoff to come. It's like, oh my goodness. Because the heist has to go down in the next episode. It just has to. <clears throat> the way it's the way it's built built up now. And I'm expecting something exciting. Um you know, like that little kid in, in, in the Incredibles. <clears throat> uh what are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I marry you. I, 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 like, it's not an A-plus episode, uh, but it's definitely an A, because, like, it doesn't do anything spectacular. It's a lot of setup for next week, and it's, it's, it's also shorter than every other episode, which is unexpected. Like, I kind of expected the heist to start this episode, but no, it's just, it's just the, the preparation for it, so... Um, but, I, yeah, it's, it's... Uh, this show has been a fucking great thing like i uh have no fucking clue what's gonna happen next and i i love that about a show like i can speculate all i want but i genuinely don't know and i i i love that so um 
yeah, uh, if you haven't started watching Cassie and Andor because of whatever reason, don't skip out on it. It's it's it is a slow burn, but it's a good slow burn. Just satisfying slow. Burn. All right. Oh no, not your mom. <laughs> their mom. Oh, their mom. Yeah, their mom. That's less insulting to me specifically. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about She-Hulk <clears throat> episode eight, the penultimate episode. Ribbit and rip it. Uh, that was the episode title, by the way. And yeah. also the catchphrase of Leapfrog. Ribbit and rip it. Which uh, it's kind of interesting they named him Leapfrog and not Frogman, but Yeah. Because in the comics he's known as Frogman. Yeah. But uh Jen takes on a new case representing Eugene Patilio, aka Leapfrog who wishes to sue Luke Jacobson for having provided him a faulty supersuit. Jacobson is represented by Matt Murdock in court and manages to win the case due to Patilio inadvertently revealing that he disobeyed uh, Jacobson's instructions for using the suit, using jet fuel in the boosters. Uh, afterwards, Patilio contacts Jen asking for help against an unknown assailant, uh, Jen arrives and battles the assailant, who she discovers to be Matt Murdock as his superhero persona, Daredevil. Matt reveals to Jen that Patilio kidnapped Jacobson, and the two work together to rescue the latter. Uh, Jen later sleeps with Murdock at her home. The next day, Jen attends the Southern California Law Awards Gala, where she accepts the Female Lawyer of the Year Award. But the gala is interrupted by an intelligentsia broadcast, which smears Jen's reputation by displaying footage of her in bed with Josh Miller. Uh, Jen goes into a rage and destroys the gala stage, then attempts to capture an intelligentsia member nearby, but she is stopped by the Department of Damage Control agents. Yep. And that's where the episode ended up. And holy shit, this was a fun episode. Oh, so fucking fun. I've said this a hundred times. One of my <clears throat> fate, like, I have read quite a few comics where it is She-Hulk versus Matt Murdock in a courtroom. And I love those issues that I've read. So the fact that we got that even a little bit in this episode is fucking a dream come true. Um. And it was just, it was, and then later when they're fucking fighting each other a little bit, slash teaming up, like, Matt knows he can't hurt her. He knows this. Yeah. So he just fucking avoids her and tries to run away. It's not totally successful, but it's fucking awesome. Yeah, the, the way she stops him, though, was was great. She's like, how can you move like that? You know, it's such you were blind. It's like, I am blind. How can you move like that? Well, I used to be able to hear pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of other, not a lot. There's a few people online that are pissed off because they made Matt funny. And I'm like, you weren't paying attention to the fucking Netflix show or the fucking comic. So that's, that's on you, bud. Every superhero drops one liners. I, I would argue. Thing. Not every, not every superhero. Well, most every superhero. Drops Matt fucking sure did. Yeah. Whether, like, in costume or not, like, the other thing about Matt that you have to keep in mind is, an, and, and I, the character's a fucking man whore. Mm -hmm. like, Matt fucks a lot. Matt has fucked She-Hulk. In comic. Yep. This isn't new territory. I promise y'all. 
Nope. Like, I don't know how to tell people this. This was the most accurate comic book Matt Murdock we have ever seen in live action. Yeah, it was great. And the walk of shame carrying his boots. So the walk of shame carrying his boots was so great. Oh, I'm I like waiting this long for Matt to show up was very, very satisfying. Um, I hate that I have to share this like delight with fucking incels, but here we are. Yeah, you know, incels gonna incel. It's just such a, it's so much fun. It was just such a fun episode, like. Matt being actually um, like having proper agility like he does in the comics is was so awesome. Like I yeah. love the Netflix show, but it's not that accurate to the comics. It's really not. No, no, it isn't. And and the uh, you know you didn't see him leaping around uh, like he did in this. No, you don't. Um, like just falling backwards off of a parking garage and then using the levels of the parking garage to catch himself and propel himself into, you know, new levels is just really well done. And I love the use of the yellow in with the suit. It still has the feel of the Netflix suit. Yes. With some changes to it, obviously, but the the little bits of yellow and red like the classic original daredevil costume is well, a nice nod what was also great about that was that when she's like are you so a superhero or something he was like i'm daredevil and that you could hear the background of the theme just a little bit of the theme from the show but then it cuts abruptly when she's like oh yeah you'd have to be a daredevil to wear mustard and and and, and ketchup colors <laughs> yeah i was like yes you're so good. <laughs> and then their banter on the fucking roof before taking out those guys. And like, it was great because we got another hallway sequence, right? Yes. And I was like, I was like, this is dope. And then fucking Jen comes through the roof. And she's like, she Hulk smash. And I'm like, more of this, please. It's so yeah. fun. It shows wonderful. And this was, uh, you know, this is the most fun episode yet. Um, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it from start to finish. And, you know, I loved seeing Matt is Matt, and I loved seeing Matt is Daredevil. And, you know, the ridiculous leapfrog character. uh, God. It's like, my henchmen are going to be called my tadpoles. Uh, Just. Henchkins. Get it right. Yeah, (laughs) henchkins. It, that that whole banter, you know, what's it the same thing, henchmen and goon? No, no. Goons do it for money. Henchmen is because they believe or whatever. Or was it the other way yeah. around? But yeah. Uh, uh henchmen henchmen are paid, goons believe, I think is what it was. Okay, okay. But yeah. I love this episode. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> we've been uh, running long, so what grade would you give it? Uh I'm gonna give it an A plus. I'll watch it again. It's highly entertaining. Um, everything about it was exactly how I remember the comics being. Um, and uh, I love the the breaking of the fourth wall, asking the audience, like, what are you still doing here? Like, this episode's over. And then it's not, but it's a surprise to Jen, not us. 
Um, yeah. That was super fucking fun. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I like how she said, trust me, it was a satisfying conclusion to the episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that's another thing about the show is that they're definitely gearing it towards a more adult audience with a sense of humor because they know that they have to. They know yeah. that that's where the character comes from. So, um, yeah, I, I'm like totally fucking pleased with it and argue would watch this episode again. What, what's your grade? Oh, it's also an A+. I'm going to watch it again because I loved it that much. I watched it at 5 o'clock this morning when I woke up. Uh, it was the first thing I did. I was like, oh, She-Hulk. And, oh, yeah. this The, the whole show's been fantastic, you know, and there has been a slower episode here, slower episode there, but they've all been entertaining. They've all been good. And the fact that this show takes fucking, uh, takes real world uh, shit, the fanboy hate, and works it in as a plot of the show, uh, which they continue to do this week. Uh, oh, I love it. I love somebody, it. Somebody asked me a while back, like, do you think that they went back and wrote that after they saw the reaction of, of She-Hulk getting their own show? Or do you think that was like, the, the main writer was a, is a writer was a writer for Rick and Morty. She knows how the internet fucking thinks and functions. This was pre-planned. This was written yeah. into the script beforehand. Yep. But yeah. Wonderful episode. Uh, another solid, uh, another solid week of entertainment here for us. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And uh, happy anniversary, Mike. Happy, happy anniversary to you. I didn't get you shit, but it's all right. I'm I didn't sorry. Get you either. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, uh, but yeah, guys, um, that's gonna do it for us. That's going to do it for this of this long ass episode. Um, if you made it this far, congratulations. We don't have anything for you, but just know that we appreciate it. We got uh, love for them. Nothing but. Uh, next week is more of the same. We got Rings of Power episode seven, which I believe is the penultimate episode. Uh, Rings, uh, House of the Dragon episode eight, uh, Andor episode six, and the finale to She Hulk. Yep. So those those six, and then uh, or those five and four. Jeez, I can't count. Um, and then, uh, and then, then the week following that will be three. Um, but yeah, make sure you follow us all, all the socials listed down below. That's uh, where we'll update you if anything changes on the show, if we add anything. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, that's it on that. Um, check out our Teespring store. Uh, if you want some merch for the upcoming uh, fall and, and winter seasons, that's where you'd. Uh, to get gear to with our logo and our faces on it. And um, if you are looking to buy something, we still have that code available. What's that code again, Maya? AQU15. All queued up 15. All queued up 15. Gives you, gives you, yeah, AQU15 gives you 15% off your entire purchase, which essentially, you know, if you order enough stuff, it's going to mean free shipping and a little bit off of your, a little bit more off the top. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that link is also down below for that for our store. Mm -hmm. uh, head on over to our YouTube channel. That's where you'll be able to watch today's episode of the podcast in its live recording form, uh, where you can see Maya there for the for for the first time in a hot minute. It's been a couple months, but hey, worth it. I mean, 
Come yeah. on. I'm a snack. <laughs> um, also, uh, we, we streamed yesterday as of recording this, um, our Jackbox stream. It went actually really well. I'm going to try to download it and upload it to the YouTube channel. Um, so that way, like, but it's going to be like the highlighted, the funnier bits. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's just going to take me some time, so I don't know when I'll have that up, but uh, our social medias will let you know. Go follow those. But yeah, we're also going to stream again next Wednesday on October 12th. Uh, we'll be doing more Jackbox. Um, uh, and on October 21st, no, October 20th, we'll be streaming the new Party Pack. So we'll have our regular Wednesday stream, and then we'll do Thursday when the pack comes out. So um yeah, come by and hang out. It's going to be fun. I promise you that. Um, that's on twitch.tv slash chubrockgeek, which is my personal channel. We tried to create our own Twitch, but it didn't quite work out. Greg had more of a following already built up, and it's easier to use that installed following than it is to try to start from the ground up. Yeah. Yep. So. Uh, that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. It's also linked to my Instagram and Twitter accounts. So it's your one-stop shop for everything that I'm up to. And that's it. Where can people find you, Greg? Uh, Chub Rock Geek on all socials. Um, and like I said, I'm going to be editing our stream clips onto the YouTube channel. So go check that out. I'm going to keep promoting the fuck out of that. Uh, that is it for me at the moment. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Remember, we got four shows coming up. We still got, you know, uh, House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, Andor, and then the finale of She-Hulk next week. So, And always remember, fuck the GOP. Fuck the NRA. Donate and help where you can. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.